Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Wednesday, December the 7th, 2022. Um, It is uh, Pearl Harbor Day. Um, Today is Pearl Harbor Day. uh, This day in 1941 was the day that uh, the Japanese uh, bombed Pearl Harbor uh, just before 8 a.m. local time so it is also on the christian calendar it is the um second week of advent we are now in the second week of advent and um pretty well getting close to the middle of uh, of advent uh this season where we uh anticipate a coming we anticipate jesus coming <clears throat> Um, and we kind of relive um, that experience of anticipation, waiting for Jesus, the, the Messiah, to come. So, yeah, so glad you guys are on. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for taking the time to uh, spend a little bit of time in God's Word today together. Um, it's awesome. Um, we are using as a guide uh, through this study or through this Advent season uh, a guide written by N.T. Wright. Uh, this one that we're using is called An Advent for Everyone, and it's based on the Gospel of Luke. <laughs> uh, wink, wink. Not Matthew, <laughs> but Luke. Um, There's several of these that look a lot alike, so make sure, if you do buy it, make sure you get the one that has uh, is based on the Gospel of Luke. And, uh, yeah. So it's a way for us to kind of continue to focus and um center our hearts around um around the lord as we head closer and closer to christmas with so many distractions and things that you can uh, can divert your attention it's good to have a way of to kind of center your focus on what matters and that's what advent readings help us do yeah hope you've enjoyed this so far and thank you for sticking with it so today uh, the reading is based on on Luke. I'm sorry, listen to me. Almost said Matthew, Luke 16, 10 through 17. Yeah, and it's a teaching on stewardship. All right. Well, let's see what, uh, let's see what uh, the Lord has to say to us today. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Let's do it. Here we go. Luke 16, 10 through 17. Someone who is faithful in a small matter, Jesus continued, will also be faithful in a large one. Hmm. You know, that's the challenge. I know know we just started, but isn't that that the challenge, like to be faithful in small matters? Most people don't want to be faithful in small matters. They want the big thing. Um. Just like this, like they, this daily time of prayer, it's a very small matter. 
but to be faithful in that, right? To be faithful in daily time with God. I want to change the world for Jesus. I want God to save and redeem and transform my family. I want my life to look different. I want to be totally transformed. Look, can you just be faithful in praying on every morning for 10 minutes? Come on. Start with something small. Be faithful with the small thing. You know, people want, people want the big thing, but the big thing don't come until you do the small thing faithfully. <laughs> right? People are like, I want to, you know, I want to be financially wealthy. I want to have, you know, want to be have security and this and that. that will, can you just stop buying all the extra junk at Walmart? Start there. The small thing. Like when you go to Walmart, can you just buy what you need? And not pick up 500 other things you don't need. That's what, what's that? Being faithful in the small things. I want to lead a huge ministry that impacts thousands for the kingdom of God. Well, can you just show up for Sunday school class, please? On time? How about that? Even on, go crazy, be on time. <laughs> right? But I want to be, I want to do something big for Jesus. Well, can you just, can you just stop being ugly every day to your coworker? Just try that. Start there. That'd be something big for Jesus. Yeah. Being faithful in the small things. Isn't it true? Like as a as a as parents, grandparents, that's the things we try to teach our kids. Because we've learned it over time. Even if we weren't good at it ourselves, we try to teach it to our kids because we've learned that's the truth. You got to be faithful in the small things. You know? Um, you know, like uh, many of you know, my daughter's graduating from nursing school tomorrow, as I shared earlier. I'm pretty proud of that. I'm, I'm so proud of her. Um, but any of any of those that have uh, <laughs> any of those of you who have accomplished any all of us have accomplished different things. But you know, if you got a degree or an award or a recognition, you know, giving uh, talking to my daughter as an example, when she walks across there tomorrow to get her pinning as a nurse. That's not the re that's that that is just the evidence of all the other work that's been done. That's not the thing. That's just a recognition of all the little things that had to be done to get you to that point. See, some people want to walk across the stage, but they don't want to do the little things, the millions and millions of little things that precede that. So everybody wants the thing, but they don't want to do the little things. So every graduation, every high school graduation, any graduation you go to. Um, the graduation isn't the thing. What is the graduation? The graduation is a recognition of the, the times that you went to class, the times that you took the test and did well on every, the, all these tests, um, the times you were faithful over and over in the small things. Yeah. I don't even give me a start about like preschool graduations and kindergarten grade. <laughs> oh, Lord. By the child, by the time a child he's gets to high school graduation, he doesn't graduate eight times. He graduated from pre preschool, graduated from preschool, graduated from kindergarten. That's one year, people. He went he went one year. He graduated. Then he, you know, graduated from fifth grade graduation, eighth grade graduation. My goodness. Why would you just give a child an award every day they wake up? Here you go. Here's an award. Here's a graduation certificate. <laughs> I'm just being ugly. That's not nice. Anyway, we read, we read, we we read one verse. That's all we did. Anyway, 
Um, someone who is faithful in a small matter, Jesus continues, will also be faithful in large ones. And that's a good lesson for leadership, too. You know, people that, you know, are potential leaders and people that you're managing. Who are the ones that you can, who can, who should, who deserve to be elevated or promoted? The ones who are faithful with little things. Yep. The ones that you can trust with little things and they're going to do it and they're going to do it right. That's, that's uh, evidence that they can uh, handle larger responsibilities. Someone who is dishonest in a small matter, guess what? They're going to be dishonest in a large one. Person who's dishonest in a small matter will also be dis- dis- dishonest in a large one. It was like, yeah, well, if I just had more money, I wouldn't have to shave a little bit off the top. I wouldn't have to cheat on my expenses. I would, you know, if I had a little more money. No, you still be cheating. Are, if you cheat, you're going to cheat. Money, look, money just is a magnifying glass. Money is a magnifying glass. It just amplifies what's already there. If you got a good heart, you're honest, integrity, upright, it's going to magnify that. If there's some ugliness in there, it's going to magnify that. Now, there are certain temptations that come with being with wealth and riches. The Bible speaks pretty clearly about that. There are unique uh, temptations and uh, Attitudes that can creep in. Uh, but generally, money is, uh, is just an amplifier of what's already there. You know, uh, it's just like when you hook up a car stereo, you know, some people, some people spend a lot of money on an amplifier. But, and, and because they want it loud. Here's the thing. All an amplifier do is going to make whatever junk that's going in loud. So if you got a if you got a bad signal coming in, guess what that amplifier gonna do? It's gonna make that bad signal loud. <laughs> so you got to make sure what's going to the amplifier is clean and crisp, sounds good, so that when it hits that amplifier, all that goodness, <laughs> all that good sound gets louder and clearer. But it just amplifies what's there. You, the amplifier is not gonna make a junky sound sound good. It don't clean it up; it just amplifies it. That's what money does. If anyone, if in, if you haven't been faithful with, with that wicked thing called money, come on, who's going to entrust you with true wealth? If you can't be trusted with dollars, how's Jesus going to trust you with spiritual riches? And if you haven't been faithful in looking after what belongs to someone else, who's going to give you what is your own? Hmm. Got to be a good renter before you can be a good owner. Ooh, ooh! Come on now. Got to be a good rent renter before you can be a good owner. If you tearing up other people's stuff, what you gonna do to your own stuff? You gonna wear it out, tear it, tear it up. It's good discipline. And if you haven't been faithful in looking after what belongs, to, okay, we read that already. Verse thirteen. Nobody can. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody can serve two masters. Hmm. You will end up hating one and loving the other or going along with the first and despising the other. You can't serve God and money. Hmm. Now, the Pharisees who loved money heard all this and they mocked Jesus. So he said to them, you people let everyone else know that you're in the right, but God knows your hearts. What people call honorable, God calls abominable. 
the law and the prophets lasted until John, John the Baptist. From now on, God's kingdom is announced, and everyone is trying to attack it. But it's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of an eye to drop off the law. Ooh, God's kingdom ain't going to fall. Mm. Everybody's trying to attack it, but it ain't going to fall. The kingdom suffers violence, right? So people are trying to get in, trying to attack the kingdom of God. But it also withstand the test of time. It already has, and it always will. That's what Jesus is saying. So you can't got, he says you can't love God and money. And so Pharisees didn't like that. They started like, and Jesus said, "That's you're just doing what's always been done with the kingdom of God. We drop a hard truth, and you try to attack it. But, but, uh, but it's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one single dot or crossed T to pass away. Yeah. Well, let's see what uh, NT's right re NT Wright's reflection is on this. Let's, let's see what he says. Wealth is a killer. About half the stories in the newspapers seem to be about money in one way or another. The glamour and glitz it seems to provide, the shock and the horror when it runs out, the never-ending scandals about people getting it, embezzling it, losing it, and getting it again. He ain't wrong. The lines between legitimate business and sharp practice are notoriously blurred. Hmm. When does a gift become a bribe? Hmm. Good question. When is it right to use other people's money to make money for yourself, and when is it wrong? And then there are the robberies, the burglaries, and the number of other obvious ways in which money is at the center of simple, old-fashioned wrongdoing. From a parable about money, Luke moves us to actual teaching about money. This passage contains some of Jesus' strongest and most explicit warnings about the dangers of wealth. And experience suggests that neither the church nor the world has taken these warnings sufficiently to heart. Ain't that the truth? Somewhere along the line, serious repentance and a renewed determination to hear and obey Jesus' clear teachings seems called for. What do you think about that? The um, you know, most people don't really live as you know, with live according to what Jesus says. Uh, this stern warning that you can't serve two masters. I mean, most people kind of live like, eh, well, I can. I mean, no, I know no, most people can't serve two masters, but I can. I mean, I can serve Jesus, and I can serve money and wealth, and I could try to, you know, I can try to get it. I can try to get that bag. Get some money, get paid. But I can also serve Jesus. Jesus can be first in my life. I mean, I don't give, I don't tithe, nothing like that. You know, I ain't crazy. But Jesus is still first in my life. Come on now. What you what you're saying? Right? I know, I know. I mean, but I can still serve Jesus. I can still serve Jesus with all my heart. And uh not give. Not put Jesus first in my finances. Um, but I but I can still do it. Uh, it's a good test, man. We we don't 
And you know, it has nothing to do with whether you're rich or poor. I mean, <laughs> we can we can have um, meager resources, and poor and rich is always relative, right? There's a lot of people that look at your life and say that person's rich. A lot of people in the world look at every look at every American and say them people are rich. And people over there in North America, they rich, they loaded, and we are by their standards. Every single one of us. We've said it before, man. If you live in if you live in the United States and you got more than thirty thousand dollars of household income, it's changed some. I haven't looked at it recently, but as of a couple of years ago, it was like thirty five thousand. If you had thirty five thousand dollars in household income. You were in the top 1% of the world's wealth. Yeah, so that, that's it. 30000 household income. You were in the top 1% of the world's wealth. So when Jesus be talking about the wealthy, it's going to get uncomfortable. Because <laughs> he's talking about us. Um, and it's easy for us to love riches, man. We do. We, we, we look to riches for our security, for our uh, self-esteem, for our validation, for our hope, for our confidence. Um, he says, Jesus says, you can't serve two masters. You, you can't have God as the source of your value and your hope and your security and your sovereign and have money as your source of security and safety and sovereign. You gotta, you're going to serve one and hate the other. And you see people do that. They start despising God because he ain't giving them enough money. Mm. The key to all of this is the opening verses. It's about faithfulness. Money is not a possession. It's a trust. God entrusts property to people and expects it to be used to his, to his glory and the welfare of his children, not for private glory or glamour. Money also, according to this passage, points beyond itself to true riches which awaits us in the, in the life to come. What they are, we can hardly guess, but they are true riches, which really be, will belong to us in a way that money doesn't. If we learn faithfulness here and now, we learn faithfulness how to use... So Jesus says, if the, what Jesus really says is, if you're faithful with little, be trusted with much. He's saying money in general is little. I don't care how much it is. <coughs> Excuse me. Money in general is little compared to the much that is spiritual riches. So if you can be faithful with material, physical money, if you can be entrusted with that, then God will give you true riches that last forever, that truly will be yours. If we don't, we shall find ourselves torn between two masters. This situation was particularly acute in Jesus' day. As in most peasant societies, there was a very small number of extremely rich people and a very large number of very poor. The rich included the chief priest. Some of their uh, opulent houses in Jerusalem have been discovered by archaeologists. So any attack on the rich would include an attack on them. The Pharisees were more of the populist movement, but the danger they faced with the land as a key part of their religion was that they would equate possession with land and the, uh, the possession of land and the wealth it brought with God's blessing. Here Jesus makes it clear that this was not the way. He insists starkly that God's standards are not just subtly different from human ones, but they are the exact opposite. Wow. Is Jesus saying something new in all of this? The Pharisees might well have answered him by pointing out that there was much in the Jewish law which encouraged people to think that possessions were a sign of God's favor. 
Jesus, of course, takes the opposite view. With a good deal of prophetic writings obviously on his side, and the law itself commanded Israel to care for the poor and needy. His relationship to the Jewish law, though, is not exactly straightforward, and verses 16 through 17 need examining with some care. Bishop Wright's going to just try to take us down, take us into the word here, going to dig in a little bit. He says, He sees, that is Jesus, he sees the law and the prophets, meaning the books we call the Old Testament, as taking their place in a sequence of events within God's plan. They are not God's last word. They hold sway until the time of John the Baptist, so they were pointing forward. They were pointing forward to fulfillment, to fruition, to culmination. And they uh, they held uh, their spot until the time of John when the uh, fuller reality, and that is the ministry of Jesus, uh, took effect. They would hold sway till the time of John the Baptist, after which God's kingdom has been coming in a new way. Something fresh is happening here, where Jesus is. But this doesn't mean that the law and the prophets were wrong or or are now irrelevant. They remain fixed and unalterable. They are a true signpost to what God is going to do, even though they cannot themselves bring about the new day, the new world that God is creating through Jesus. So they're they're pointing, right? That's what the that's what the the Old Testament law and prophets do. They're 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 pointing, they're a shadow of what's to come. The book of Hebrews speaks a lot about this. But the 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 ultimate, the it, like a signpost pointing to the real destination, pointing to the real thing. The sign isn't the thing, it's pointing to the thing, which is Jesus. When, therefore, God does what he intends to do through Jesus, the law and the prophets will look on it with approval, even though they couldn't have done it by themselves. The law and the prophets could not, could not they, were, they did their job. They were servants of the message of, uh, uh, that points to Christ. That um, doesn't contradict the message of the prophets. It fulfills the message of the prophets. Putting the passage together, we find the underlying challenge to be faithful. Faithful in our use of money, faithful to God rather than money, faithful in our hearts, not just in our outward appearance. Hmm. It's a great reminder. It's a great reminder this holiday season, isn't it? I mean, with so much money being spent, so much consumerism that takes place every year, which, you know... A lot has been said about that, about you know the month money spend, the consumerism of the season, and all that commercialism. But um, it's just a good reminder, you know, that we're keeping Christ at the center of everything we're doing, uh, that we're faithful in little, that we're faithful in well, the use of our money, that we're not putting money above God, and that we're um, faithful in our hearts, not just in our outward appearances. That our heart is right, our heart is pure. Here's the uh, reflection question that he offers today. Do you ever think of money or land or other people as commodities that you're entitled to own or exploit? What would be better? What would be a better, more faithful way to think of them? Hmm. Yeah, that money, possessions, people are not commodities to be exploited for our pleasure um, but are uh, a trust. Hmm. What if you thought about the people in your life as a trust? 
they've been entrusted to you in relationship. How can you steward that relationship well? How can you treat them with honor and dignity? Uh, the money that's been placed in your possession, how can you handle that um, wealth of resources um, faithfully? Uh, and how can we see people and things and money with the right heart that we don't just look outwardly uh, one way, but we truly are cheerful givers. We truly are loving. We truly are kind. We truly are generous. We don't give out of compulsion, but we give generously and, and joyfully that that's really a reflection of what's really on the inside. How can we live that? Well, I think we live that by having Jesus down in there, <laughs> having a whole lot of Jesus down in there, right? When we think about, for God so loved us, right? God so loved the world. He so loved you. And so we take that love that has been given to us, we show it, and we spread it to others. Yeah. All right, you guys, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. You know what we do? We pray after we read. Let's do it. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for this reminder um, of, the, um, of the dangers of riches and wealth uh, that can be false gods in our life, that can uh, promote itself as power and um, privilege and uh, arrogance. God, we want to be faithful with little things. The little things of this world we, that you've placed in our care, we want to be faithful with those things so that, so that we can be entrusted with much. Lord, help us to prove to be faithful uh, with the little responsibilities, the little tasks, the little blessings, possessions, whatever it is that you've placed in our lives. And help us to be good stewards of those people that you've placed in our lives, that we would, um, that we would be a blessing to them, that we would be an encouragement to them, that we would uh, add life to them and not bring harm. God, pray, I pray your blessing upon my friends today that however you are speaking to them, Lord, may you grow that message of truth in their lives today. May you encourage them and strengthen them, bless them, whatever uh, needs they have. May you uh, meet them all through the power of your great name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, tomorrow's a little question. We're going to have a house full of people here at the Roland Residence, so I don't know how I'm exactly going to pull that off. So if I'm not on the podcast tomorrow, it's because uh, it, it may not may not work out. So, uh, But if not, I'll see you back on Monday. Um, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Uh, you guys are awesome. I love you guys. Thank you for liking, subscribing, sharing, uh, leaving a comment, all those things. Really appreciate it all of your interaction and uh, helping spread the word about the podcast. You guys are the best. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.